0: And I'm glad that I'm still here. I'm so grateful that I still have the life that I do and I'm still able to breathe the air that I am. And, you know, some people, unfortunately, don't don't have that um, that luck. You know, unfortunately, it's too late. Hey, beautiful people.
1: Welcome back to A Slice of Life with me, Jack Walton. The space where each month I'm joined by inspiring guests with interesting stories to tell. We cover a wide range of topics from mental health to success. Each episode has a motivational takeaway that will leave you longing for more. Don't forget to follow me on social media. I am Jack Walton and Motivator Boy to keep up with everything I've got going on. And please rate, share and subscribe wherever you get your episodes downloaded from. Enjoy the show. hey everyone i hope you're doing well thank you so much for joining me today for a brand new episode it's so good to be back i hope you're doing well and enjoying the actually to be honest the heat wave that we're experiencing right now hopefully when this episode goes out the sun is still continuing happy summer and yeah i hope it's an amazing couple of months ahead i'm really excited for you guys to hear today's episode i had the pleasure of speaking to liam yates Liam Yates is a live coach, he's a mindset coach, he's an NLP master and he's actually a really good friend of mine as well. So we met actually during the first COVID, um, Covid lockdown in April 2020. It actually feels like I've known him for years. It really hasn't been that long but we've done a lot of Instagram lives. I actually had the pleasure of being involved in his Explorer programme which we delve into in the episode. Basically we've done a lot of work together and it's been a complete pleasure to the episode you are going to hear lots about liam's story his mental health background what he's overcome the challenges he faced growing up and also the toxic masculinity that he managed to break free from which is the most inspiring bit of the episode really it was such a great chat as always lots of different topics to explore i will i won't ruin it too much i will let you enjoy the episode i really hope you enjoy it and as always enjoy the show Liam, how are you doing?
0: Yeah, good, Jack. Super excited. How are you? Thank you for joining me. This is really exciting, isn't it? Mm, no, I, I feel like we've had so many conversations and, and we've had so many of these interactions digitally. I'm still yet to meet in person, so I'm, I'm really excited about when that, that potentially meets up um, or comes, comes to fruition very soon. Yeah,
1: it's great as well because I feel like we've done Instagram lives and like, everything apart from a podcast so there we go we can tick that off the list after today can't we
0: well, yeah it's been a long time coming I think is the word
1: it has and I just think it's gonna be interesting because there's there's so much there's a big link between me and you in terms of what we do and I think it's gonna be interesting for people to hear your side of it really from the mental health space because you've got a lot of experience there Um, especially like what you've experienced growing up and yeah it's gonna be it's going to be really good so let's dive into it like tell us about who is Liam who mm. who is like who is Liam I love asking this question because people are like oh who am I and that's
0: a weird one yeah I, I think you always do this to me and I I always I do <laughs> I always I always sit there and I think um you know I need to come up with a really good definition because you know we talk so much and it, it'd be good to have like a really thorough um statement to to showcase who I am but I always find it so difficult. You know, I think, um, I think at heart, I'm just, you know, another human being really just trying to, to make the most of life and to really understand what it means to, to live in this beautiful world that we're surrounded Mm. by and make the most of every moment. Because, you know, as I'm sure we dive into this, um, podcast, you know, my story, um, it could have gone a very different way in terms of me still being here. And, you know, since that moment, it's it's been all about appreciating the small things and the big things in life. And just really, I guess, understanding who I am and this never ending journey that we explore and just understanding our role in this universe and, you know, just appreciating Mm. and being grateful for every breath that we have, because as I said, you know, life is very short and it could have been a very different outcome um, if things hadn't played out the way they did yeah and I think
1: like what you do now it's like the role you have is so important, but it's only because of what you've been through that you're able to actually educate people yeah so, like what what do you do now in terms of like the coaching and what you offer
0: yeah no, definitely so um yeah for those for those I guess that that are tuning in and um, obviously new to who I am, so my name's liam and Full full time. I work. Um, I'm still very much working full time, and I work um, in a very interesting role uh, within a fintech company called Paysafe. Um, so very similar to kind of PayPal, which is more yeah. I've heard more, of that actually. Yeah. So which is which is more commonly known. Um, so yeah, I work there in in effectively a sales role in the European team. So yeah, a very interesting piece, but very different to to what I do outside of that. And outside of that mm. is. Um, yeah, very much looking um, at ways to support people uh, through through. Well, I guess in, t- in two kind of different ways. One um, to helping them overcome their mental health first and foremost, or not even mental health, but just becoming the best version of themselves um, yeah. internally or the strongest version. Because you know we are the best versions of ourselves, right? So it's yeah, becoming hell the- yeah. It's becoming like, it's learning how we can like navigate ourselves and understand some of the barriers that we create within. So that's part of it. And then, yeah, the second part is to, to really help people become the, the most successful versions of themselves. And um, I'm a big fan of this, this terminology of creating uh, ripples and turning ripples to waves. And my whole yeah. kind of philosophy is the more people I can inspire and uh, pass my learnings on to, then I hope they go on to, to support their local communities, their friends, their families, their loved ones in, a same, in the same way because you know, that's how we create real change in this world. It's, it's not down to mm. one or two individuals. It's down to um, sharing stories and helping inspire more people to create that change in their lives to, to ultimately help them be happier.
1: I think that is so beautiful when you have... And you're doing something that actually creates change for other people. And then it is a ripple effect. So mm. you can help them. And then they can help their friend and their family. And then they can help their friends and family. And it's just, you're causing that chain reaction of positivity. And I think that's so important.
0: Yeah. And look, I, my, my approach is very different. You know, I used to I make myself sound very old. But um, I used to, you know, years yeah. ago, be very very active on like YouTube and social media and trying to really um, spread as much awareness and education as I could. However, these days it's more about, okay, well, how, how do we really create meaningful change? How do we inspire people to, to walk away from conversations or be part of communities where they feel not only that they belong, but they, they have that ability to, you know, really express themselves and express real change within. And I think that's where, these these community leaders, these people that I feel that will really inspire others to to create change, whatever their background, whether it's in fitness, whether it's in mental health, whether whether it's in like success coaching or something completely different, it's just encouraging people to use things, um, as skills, uh, hobbies, yeah. whatever's passionate to them, to inspire others to to you know overcome the the barriers that they create within themselves, because that's ultimately what we do.
1: One thousand percent, and I think like the space you're in now—it's such a positive space. Like you really know what you want to do. But obviously, I know from speaking to you, life wasn't always like that. So let's kind of like rewind many, many years and go back to like young Liam. Like, what was like? What was it like growing up for you? And how was like, How did like mental health really come into the picture? Because I know from speaking to you, it, it's been a real journey. So let's kind of unpack a bit of that.
0: Yeah. Firstly, Jack, I'm offended. I am still still young, Liam. <laughs> um, you know what I mean. Yeah. No. No. Great question. And I think you know we all have a, a beginning, and I think that's always the first place to to kind of really um, unravel. You know who we are, where we we've got to so far. So yeah, like like anyone, you know, I I, I was a kid that um, grew up in a family that was. As loving as it was, it was very disjointed. I have two parents who are now separated, so that kind of, you know, showcases that that disconnect. But they were both very driven. Um, They're both very successful in their their roles and their jobs. You know, one was running their own business, the other was also running their business. They used to uh, work long hours. We used to have a nanny that used to look after us most of the time. Wow. So um, growing up, I guess was. Um, similar to some people, but very different to, to others. And, you know, don't get me wrong. We were fortunate with the lifestyle that we had and, you know, um, growing up, we used to have a lot of things that um, a lot of people wouldn't have in in day to day life. And, you know, we're very grateful for that, me and my brothers, but yeah, growing up, I think uh, for me, I was always embedded with what success meant and that was very much imprinted in my DNA because of what I, I, I guess I perceived through my parents, right? Being these successful yeah. people in work and that straight away what I envisioned um, success was was to have your own business, to to make a load of money that way. Right. You know, that's like that's
1: materialistic. Kind of, that's yeah, like really very, materialistic, very, yeah. very
0: materialistic. Um so yeah, in one sense I was very kind of driven to to make something of myself, um, in that di- direction. Um on the other side, you know, I had this this strong desire to, to be a sporting success. My, my dad um, played football a lot and he grew up and he played at uh, Brighton and Hove at um, youth That's football. Cool. And he was aspiring to be, uh, again, you know, a top-level footballer at, at his level, but broke his ankle uh. and was unable to progress in that side, you know, at a young age. So, um, And my mum, she, not necessarily she. She comes from a sporting background, but again, we've got a strong root of sporting, um, almost legacies within the family. Yeah, it's cool. That's always been embedded into me as well. always almost not pressured on me, but I think my parents wanted me to succeed as much as or almost made me feel that I wanted to succeed due to what they wanted. And so, mm. um, at one point, I thought I thought I wanted to be, a, you know, full-time rugby player. I was lucky enough to play um, semi-professionally and had an opportunity to play. Uh, Full time overseas, but unfortunately for myself, um, an ankle injury prevented me from from moving any further on that. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I always grew up with this mentality of um, what I thought success was. You know, mental health Mm. was never something that really um, I believed in. You know, I didn't even I didn't even acknowledge. You know, I went through um, a period in my life where. Um, a number of people who uh, were close to me, um, passed away. I lost my, my granddad, my aunt, um, a friend that I used to play football with. And then overall, um, in my late teens, uh, one of my closest friends who I'd known since three years old, sadly passed away in an accident. So oh, no. I didn't really know how to deal with all this. And this was all over a short, you know, three, four year period. And, um, yeah, it was very difficult for me to process. And I grew up this mentality of, um, this, this almost the stigma that we hear of, you know, big boys don't cry. You know, yeah. I really did bottle up all these emotions. I, I didn't even end up going to to my friend's funeral. I, I was off on holiday. In the end, I really kind of just, you know, and it's something Distance, i really, yeah, yeah it's something that really kind of lives with me every day. And, um, but it, yeah, I, I just became very disconnected from emotion. I think I went like almost an eight, eight, nine year period where I didn't cry at all because I just. Really? Yeah, it was. It was bad. I wow. You know, an ex-girlfriend once said I was this this um, cool uh, cold robot because I quite I never, emotionless. Yeah, because yeah. I never used to express emotion, and I didn't know how. You know, I'd grown up with these parents who were, you know, very driven, very successful, but we didn't really spend much much time um, expressing emotion. We didn't understand how it was to to feel and react in certain ways. And it was always the nanny that kind of, you know, was there to support us. And again, that's nothing against my parents. That's just sometimes life. They were doing the best they could. Yeah. Um, and they gave us this great life. But then when you grow older, you start to understand how these things condition you in a way that impacts you. And for me, I became, yeah, yeah. very, um, very disconnected from emotion. And I used to kind of just anything that used to stress me out or used to, Uh, make me feel sad i would just bottle it up and bottle it up and bottle it up and yeah yeah, i ended up moving to to australia in my early 20s to to kind of again pursue um playing rugby full-time so that was kind of the the goal in in mind and i had an opportunity to play out there but again unfortunately this this um injury that that occurred kind of prevented that but um still when I was out there, you know, I ended up working and living out there for the best part of four years, which was, was quite an experience. And, um, yeah, it just, it just became really apparent that, um, I went through all these different experiences at at a job that I was working there, which which really made me stressed. And even though I was, you know, almost suffering with anxiety for the first time in my life there, um, because these guys were putting so much pressure on me to, to, to work and, um, to be somewhere, we, we were promised a lot of things and it, it didn't come um, to fruition. Right. And it, it was a very stressful time, but it caused me anxiety. And at the time, I still tried to almost acknowledge that there was no such thing as anxiety. It was just all stuff that I was uh, manifesting and I didn't believe in. And, you know, it just wasn't healthy. And um, I'd met a girl um, quite quite early on when I was in Australia and we ended up getting engaged. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, we were engaged, I think, in the last year or so of, of me being in Australia. And again, with this job, I ended up leaving this job, which meant I didn't have a visa to stay in Australia, which meant I had to move back. Ah. Uh, um, yeah, they, they, they make it very difficult to stay out there. It's, it's, a, it's, a <laughs> it's not as easy as people think. Um, So, yeah, we thought the best solution was for for me to to move back to the UK. She was finishing her PhD. She would then move to the UK. We'd experience a bit of living in the UK because that's what she wanted to do. And uh, we would, in the meantime, apply for the partner visa, which would result in us moving back to Australia. So that was the plan. Um, However, for one reason or another, she she ended up uh, never moving to the UK. And that was kind of the end of the relationship. So... Um, at the time she she was going through a very uh difficult period, um, which again i didn 't really kind of resonate with i wasn 't able to to really understand what she was going through and she she would say uh, you know a couple of times you know you 're really suffering with depression, you need to see someone, and i'd be like there's no such thing as depression I would say you know there's no such thing as mental health, which is crazy now because considering all the things that That's I did It's so interesting
1: and, that you said that yeah yeah,
0: and I would literally almost belittle her to to the point where I would make her feel like she was an idiot for saying these types of things. And yeah, you know, I, I felt bad for it. And we caught up, you know, years later and spoke about this stuff. But for me, it was um, a really strange time looking back because I was, re- I was struggling. I was really in a bad place. And um, I just tried to mask it the whole time. I just tried to find the positives and mm. everything. I just tried yeah. to make the best of everything and pretend that everything was, you know, smiles and rainbows and unicorns it doesn't and, work though that doesn't work no and i brushed so much under the rug that this rug was apparent that there was a huge amount of things that um were needing to be addressed and it got to kind of i think um mid mid 2016 when i just moved back from australia and um, the the girlfriend at the time the fiance at the time she had broken up with me yeah. and um i was just in a bad place like all these, these things over the years, all these emotions that I'd bottled up, it all started to surface and mm. it became become really hard to deal with. And I think that was almost like the last, the last straw. Not necessarily yeah. um, it was because of her. You know, she, she was just doing the best um, yeah. that she could with what she had and the best for her. And I understand that and I appreciate that. Um, but at the time, obviously, you don't see it that way. You think it's no. almost an attack on you. And I got to this point where I was just so consumed by um, the darkness, you know, this cloud that we speak of, just the, the, the depression that I know now, you know, I was I was in such a dark place and I struggled to get up and go to work. And every day I'd, work to wo- I'd walk to work, it was only like a 10 minute walk. And there was this bus that always passed at like 10 past seven in the morning. And I always just walked past it and wondered... You know, what would happen if I jumped in front of this bus, you know? I really. Um, yeah, it got that bad. And it got to a point where um, I actually asked um, every day in the office, you know, I, I said I didn't cry. And this, this yeah. is when I started to first um, realize that, you know, it's, it's good to feel. But at the same time, mm. there wasn't some, there was something not necessarily wrong with me, but something that wasn't right. And I'd be yeah. at my desk and I'd just be bawling my eyes out. I'd like started off running to the toilets to hide it because I didn't want people to see um, that I was crying. And it got to a yeah. point where um, my manager pulled me into to one of the rooms and I thought, you know, he was going to give me some sympathy. And um, I'd asked for some time off and he told me that they couldn't give me the time off um, and that uh, I needed to try and you know, pull it together because I was making other people within the team feel uncomfortable. Wow. And that was kind of, I guess, um the first real experience I had of like mental health in the workplace without without yeah, really yeah, yeah. because I'd just gone through a situation where I was really struggling. I didn't have support. And um yeah, that that was really difficult. And that really pissed me off pissed me off. Yeah, but it did. <laughs> and at the time I was working in um again, another sales role and that that kind of drove me the following week to almost um put my middle finger up to them and I just smashed it. I just, I did, I, did, I don't know why, but like it just made me yeah. so angry that my way of saying, you know, F you was to have like an awesome week, smashed all my KPIs that week, I remember, and did really well. But then the weekend came and again, I just fell back into a slump. And yeah, um, yeah it, was, it was a really challenging time. And then the following, following week or two weeks later, my director pulled me into the, the office and I thought this is surely going to be the time when someone gives me support. And um, I never, yeah, this, this is where things really kind of changed for me. And he told me, um, he told me there was no such thing as mental health and that we all have shit that we go through and that we need to leave our shit on the doorstep when we come to work. Uh,
1: That is so interesting.
0: And that, that was kind of, I guess, the, the, the pinnacle moment in my life, which made me feel um, that I had nothing left because at the time, you know, I'd moved away from Australia where I'd built up this the support network, these these friends, this family through through the girlfriend at the time, all these things that I loved about Australia.
1: Were no like, longer.
0: Yeah, and I didn't really have that support network. I'd moved back. A lot of my friends had moved overseas or had moved out of the county and gone elsewhere. Yeah. And I didn't really know that many people. And I really, really struggled. And I was kind of out of touch with my family because, you know, you, you go into your own bubble, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, two, two weeks after that, I, I just got to the point where I thought, um, you know, I didn't want to be here anymore. The only thing that I had left to control was to take my own life, which I say that I, the reason I say I, I only did, uh, I didn't fully commit to taking my life is because I'm still here today. You know, I, yeah. I fully intended that was it. That was, I didn't want to be here anymore. I, I put the measures in place to, to, to get there. I took a load of pills on, drunk a load of alcohol. Um, and you know, luckily I'm still here today and I, I just, It was a very difficult time in my life and and that was kind of the the moment where things changed for me because I I suddenly realized that I I didn't want to be there anymore. I was scared of being in this place where um, I actually thought that the only thing that would make me happy is to not be here, where I thought the thing that people wanted um, was me to no longer to be a burden on them. And that's... Really? that's that's It's such a difficult thing. You know, people unfortunately do take their own lives and it's so sad and I've spoken to to you know family members friends of people who do even recently and it's so sad because I've been through that that trail and thought to thinking that that is the only solution but in reality you know I look back now and I'm glad that I'm still here I'm so grateful that I still have the life that I do and I'm still able to breathe the air that I am and you know some people unfortunately don't don't have that no um that luck you know unfortunately it's too late but yeah people have to understand that to get to that point you you have to have um real cause you know it's, it's not just people just decide that's that's what's best it's not like they're thinking it's not selfish you know you hear that a lot oh that's selfish they yeah to no. take their lives it's, it's not, not it's just you feel you're a burden on people and yeah as people you know and this is the strange thing, right? It's the, the, the colleagues that I worked with, the management, the director I worked with, you know, in my, in my head, I forget, I forgive these people because again, they were just doing the best they could with the resources they had. You know, my 100%. director, he was yeah. from a time where mental health didn't even exist. It wasn't even spoken about. I mean, of, of course it existed, but it wasn't something that was yeah. um, discussed or even uh, spoken of. So it, you've got to really understand where people come from and, and the key word is perspective right it's understanding yes. that um you know we we can all look at the same scenario but it's how we we decide to to express ourselves how we communicate with that situation and that's that's what really kind of I guess changed my life and then yeah as as you know for the last kind of I guess where are we now 21 so five yeah. five years maybe yeah. six years I've just been on this journey of um really trying to find who my my true self is and you know um I've been on all these courses you know um as you know I've done like life coaching I did the high performance coaching I did my yeah. uh neurolinguistic programming uh, practitioner course then I did my masters in that so I've done all these these qualifications and spoken to loads of people around the world about mental health I went to to Bali to Canada all these different places that were doing different things to help people when Really understand um, mental health and mental illnesses because of the difference difference there, and you know just become the best version of me so I can support as many people as I can, and that, that's always been the mission—to be the light in the dark for those who need it—and that's what's really kind of driven me forward. You know, yes, I have um, a full time job, and you know, I'm lucky to have the job that I have. But outside of that is where I really try and make um, change. You know, people have passions around sports, and you know shopping or whatever it might be you know car enthusiast for me my passion is really helping people and trying to to really find ways to help people and that's kind of where I spend a lot of my time outside of my working hours is you know trying to really understand what what we need to do as a society to really create change based on my own experiences you know there's a lot that we need to do um but yeah that's kind of a really condensed (laughs) condensed version of how I've got to where I am now
1: that that is the short version and I think it's It's really interesting when you can see before and after because a lot of people see what you do now, but that actually doesn't say anything really. Like it says what you do, but people want more than that. They really want to see what have you actually been through, like what have you actually thought to get to where you are now? And it's really, so when you, when you were at your lowest, how did you find that strength to carry on? Because as you said, you almost, you almost took your own life. So how... How did you like find that strength? Because that is incredible. How did you actually manage to carry carry on and not go ahead with it?
0: No, no, really good question. I think for me, it was all about kind of, um, as I use, it's it's this word of being scared, of not wanting to be there again. Suddenly you have this realisation that, you know, I'm in this place. I don't want to be here. You know, this is what it's making me feel like. I don't, yes, I, don't so right. I don't, I don't, I mm. don't actually feel this way. It's just a voice yeah. in my head that's saying, you know, Liam, no one cares about you. No one wants yeah. you to be here. But in reality, there's no evidence. No one's actually yeah. said anything to me in in the contrary. You know, everyone's been supportive um, to an extent. The, mm. the, the problem is, is it's so easy to shut yourself off from the world and, you know, turn your phone off and just convince yourself that, that no one cares and no one wants to listen, but it, it's just a voice that you manifest within. And, you know, it, it was almost like this, um, sounds really cliche, but like kind of this, this epiphany, this, this, this change, this, this moment where I had to grasp it because there's only so much you can do. Um, because at, at this time, right, I'd been signed off from work for obvious reasons and yeah. I ended up leaving that job and I got put on gardening leave and all this stuff. So I had a, a chunk of time to, to really, find myself and I went traveling and did some other things to to help kind of find myself and being around people that I love and that, you know, supported me, really helped me kind of find myself again. And, um, but yeah, just, just having that, that realization that hang on, this isn't me. This isn't, mm-hmm. this isn't the guy that, um, uh, you know, people, people, you know, uh, laugh with that people fall in love with that people want to be friends with, you know, this is, you, you get to that point and at some point you have to make that change. And luckily I had this, this, this realization a couple of days after where man, I just need to do something. I need to create change because this has happened so quickly. You know, everything that was spoken about happened within like a five week window. Wow, you know? That's scary. Yeah. So it shows you how quickly people can, can just suddenly yeah. dip and it's, it is super scary. And that, that was the thing. It almost scared me into to making a change. And I had to almost revert back to, right, what did Liam used to do? Think about when Liam was at, at his happiest, what mm, was he yeah. doing? You know, I'd stopped, I'd stopped training in the gym. My diet right. was, was shit. I was yeah. drinking loads, going out loads. And then yeah. I started to think, well, okay, what was Liam doing when he was at his happiest? He was training, he was eating well you know, he was socializing, he was doing Mm. things to keep himself busy and be proactive and productive. And that's kind of what I started to do. I started to take the steps towards just almost stepping in those shoes and feeling like I did all that time, you know, modeling off who I was before. steps. Yeah. And it it takes time, you know, everyone's Mm. so different. Um, but for me, it was really about just, just almost committing to this journey and this journey that I'm still on of you know who is Liam? Because
1: yeah, it um, never ends.
0: It never ends. No, it never ends. The the end goal is just to be happy and feel for you know fulfillment. That's all I strive towards. I don't care what the rest of it looks like. The rest of it is just noise now. You know, I don't care how much money I have in my bank. You know, what car? Yeah. I mean, I don't even have a car. I sold my car last year because I don't need one. Like it's 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 getting rid of all the things that um, the noise again.
1: Yeah, the way of
0: down, that don't, don't yeah. Don't symbolise who we truly are, you know. And even like social media, I've been so inactive on social media in the last two, three months because I don't have, you know, as great as it is to inspire people and connect with people, I don't have anything to prove. I don't need to to justify anything in my life. Not saying people do it for that reason, but yeah, it's so easy to be caught up in that social media wheel where you 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 feel you have to present to people this almost false identity of who you are. And it's, and it's such a hard thing, you know, going back to, I think it was end of 2016, 2017, you know, when I started really um, putting content out there on YouTube, on Instagram, I used to get so many messages with, from people sharing their, their stories because no one else oh, was really amazing. doing it at the time. It was, but it got so dark so quickly and I wasn't prepared right. for, for the stories that were going to be shared and what people were going to be telling me and what was going through yeah. their head. And, it's a lot to deal with. Yeah, and I had to come away from social media actually for for like three, four months, I think it was, because it, it just became so so difficult. And I wasn't I wasn't like a trained psychologist. I couldn't I couldn't advise these people and I'd always say that to people, you know, I'd happily listen and it'd be a space where people could share their stories. But some of it was so, so dark. And um yeah, it became very overwhelming. And you start to find yourself slipping back into that mentality because you're surrounding yourself with that. But then yeah. you, what happens is over, over time is you learn to identify um, these triggers that cause you to kind of start to go on that spiral as we all know, know it to be. So, yeah, I'm fortunate enough to look. I'm in a place where um, I have shit days. We all do. Um, I go through where, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, I went through a stressful period recently where uh, things at work were super stressful and it coincided with, with moving into a new house and all this mm, other stuff. Wow. Yeah, exactly, and you know, it was it was a lot to deal with, and it it did it impacted me in a way. But I have the tools and the support around me to help me move through that. And you know, I'm fortunate to have people in my lives like yourself and other people who, perhaps, I haven't even met in person, but yet can offer (laughs) me um, just as much guidance as anyone else. Because it doesn't matter how qualified you are, I don't care what people say, but it doesn't matter how qualified you are or how much you think you know. We all are vulnerable. And it's, it's like when I, uh, yeah, express right. on, it's like I express on this course, you know, we all have armor, which if we don't take care of over time, it, it gets worn down and we become vulnerable. And it's so mm. important to take that time to, to look after ourselves. And we all forget to, it doesn't matter how involved we are in the social, right. uh, in the, the mental health movement. We, we forget times that, or at times that we're human.
1: One thousand percent. And you've just made a great point about your program. Let's, let's speak about mm-hmm. that tell us about your explorer program and then we can speak about maybe what I took from it because it's only been I think maybe it was six weeks ago or so that I finished it it's not been too long so it's very recent isn't it still
0: yeah so I came up with this concept of the explorer program um which is kind of just mashing up all these life experiences all these qualifications and research and studying that I've done into to a four-week kind of intense and um, course program whatever you want to call it it's it kind of originated um the 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 concept of explore actually um came about from my friend um myself and my friend jay who used to speak on sunday mornings and we came up this concept um of just exploring um this this journey that we're all on and that's Mm -hmm. all it is it's just exploring yeah. Who we are at the moment, where we're at the time and where things are going. You know, If things don't work out, that's okay because we're exploring. And I, I just love this concept. And that's kind of what I, I built this course around was this whole, um, I guess, concept of, of being this explorer on a journey who it doesn't matter where, where the journey ends. It's just focus mm. on them now, where you are and how we're moving. And yeah, as you know from being on it, we did four weeks with three sessions a, a week. And it was just very yes. much... Covering every aspect of everything that I've learned from, you know, um, where we are now, identifying who we are, um, really diving deep into that identity of, you know, what it is to be Jack, to be Liam, to be whoever whoever you are listening and yeah, it was, it was probably just as much as a, an experience and an and an exploration for me than it was for everyone else because <laughs> um, it was amazing to see all these humans on this you know, programs start off on day one and really start to open up and you understand that we're all on the same journey, right? We all just wanna be the the most successful versions of ourselves that we can, whatever success means to you. However, yeah. you know, how we get there is all very is very slightly different. And um yeah, it was just about trying to give people the the tools and strategies and, and a safe space to open up and discuss. And yeah, there was some incredible, incredible stories that were shared and progressions and yeah, it was just such an amazing place to be. And yeah, I was mm, so grateful was. just to to be involved in everyone's um life for just that that four weeks. So it was yeah, it was an amazing experience.
1: It it was fantastic. And I, I like the fact that all four of us were so unique. Like everybody was so different. I mean, that was me at like 23 starting out my life and then there was a lovely lady who was like 65 and she has still got so much that she wants to do and all these amazing plans and I thought wow this is it's cool because I could take inspiration from every single person but just in a different way it was so interesting I felt like like being so young as well I just wanted to kind of just soak it up and kind of like take inspiration and and also to learn all of your amazing like techniques about all sorts of things like when i'm working on a new project or when i want to work towards a goal or it was even just the, like the really simple things that really had the most like the biggest impact i've still got like a load of notes in my notepad somewhere and um, mm. just because it was there was so much value to get from it and i think my favorite part had to be um the life the life mission statement i thought that was really cool i loved that and my life in some segment now it's it's so aligned and it's because I did I followed the steps that you laid out and it's great it was really really good really beneficial and loads of value as well so yeah I'd hopefully I mean are you going to do more people listening
0: (laughs) yeah no definitely I think look it's it's a step in the direction of what I want to do which is uh, like I talk about creating these ripples and turning them into ways because that's how we create change and it's that's where we need to start, right? Is by by sharing these these tools, these knowledge, these strategies, these experiences, and helping empower more people to to create uh, changes within within their own communities, right? Like you know, it doesn't matter how many followers you have; you can have a hundred followers. Think about it in in this way: a hundred people that you can impact in a positive way. You can reach out to every day and say, "Hey, how are you?" You know, this is a safe space. You know, yeah. we we we. And this is the problem with social media, right? Is that we get stuck in this this wheel where we're constantly thinking that we yeah. we have to build our following, we have to get as yeah. many likes as possible. Yeah. When in reality, when you think about it, a hundred people—I don't even know mm. personally—a hundred people. That's so a lot of people. people. And it's we a lot of people. we focus on the bigger numbers. You know, how do we get a million? How do we get two million? You know, <laughs> but but for me, it's it's the the thing is like when I when I speak to people, they and this, this isn't me being big headed, you know, you probably get the same. They're like, Oh, I wish there was more, you know, of you, um, out here or in my job or in my company that could, you know, create this, this positivity and change or in my community. But there doesn't need to be my gosh, I wouldn't want more Liam Yates running around the world. Jeez. No. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like you can, you can like kind of create more people who are passionate or who are on the right steps, and all I'm trying to do is accelerate the learning so that they're in a position where they feel confident that they can support their own communities, and that's that's all I'm trying to do is just create this. it is in hope that you go and you share it with everyone else. You know, I don't care if people copy and paste my my content or like. Yeah, I you said, said you guys, we could that. Yeah, are like do it, use it. <laughs> yeah, because it gets it out there. It gets these messages. It gets you know. It helps people, and you know it. If if I if someone who was so anti-mental health was so anti-believing there was anything that's called depression or anxiety, if there was someone out there who was so against this this um this topic that could kind of turn the leaf or turn a page in a way that really transformed their life like it had mine. And if they can really, you know, grasp that concept like I did and be where I am, you know, anyone can do it because you know, I was so against this whole, um, uh, just this, this, this sense of the universe, right? Like it yeah. sounds weird because you, you know who I am now, like in terms of the spiritual side, in terms of believing in the guidance from the universe and this bigger picture and how we borrow energy and we give energy. Yeah. But all this stuff would have just been a load of baloney to me, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago, because all I cared about was, um, what success looked like and what successful people, um, you know did in order to get there and it wasn't through um looking after their mental well-being and this this kind of stuff 10 years ago it was just about putting in 15 to 20 hour days of hard work and earning money and that's that's essentially what I thought success was and that was my downfall and now you know um yes I'm fortunate with with the things that I have but I don't need anything else in my life you know I'm fortunate for for the things that I do have and I don't need anything else like it's people always say where do you want to be in five years time and um for me I, the don't, I don't care as long as I'm happy as long as I feel this fulfillment and have have this feeling of being loved and have love for myself that's mm. all that matters the rest is just external noise that that can come and go as much as it wants you know wow a house a house is something that we can we can get anywhere we can you know we can get anything we want, you know, home isn't, isn't a place. It's, it's just a feeling that we, we all strive to achieve. And, you know, as long as I have, um, these, these small things, the the main thing is having love for myself, which I identified with something that I didn't have, um, at the time, you know, it's, that's, that's kind of all that I care about having in five years time. That's
1: fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love that because it's not, it isn't a physical thing that you can hold. And I love that because we're so, normally, it's like, what can I physically have in five years that I can hold or I can, you can't actually hold or buy it because it's within, which is fantastic. Yeah. I well, love that.
0: This this is it. And it's so easy to get caught up these days into thinking that we have to live this, this life that um, we're perceived by society to live. You know, everyone thinks that we have to kind of conform to... This, this hamster wheel um, of a life that we think we, we need in terms of go to school, go to university, get a job, settle down, have a family, mm. you know, all those, those things. But why can't you be different? You know, when, I, when I was in uh, Australia, I met so many people who were just traveling. And still to this day, they're just traveling. They're the happiest people ever. And they're just going to like, different hostels, just doing like bar jobs or um, cleaning jobs. And they're the happiest people ever. It's crazy. I think that's great, though yeah to
1: them to them that is fulfillment like you said earlier that is their fulfillment
0: Mm, it's it's different for
1: every single person everyone's different and I think that I want to ask something because you speak a lot about like you're very solution-based right like when it comes to mental health you're really solution-based like what do you think is the biggest like challenge that we're facing in this country around mental health because you've done a lot of digging into mental health you've spoken to thousands of people like you've You've experienced so much and now in 2021, what is that what 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 can we do? Like what can we really like drill down on? What is it?
0: So the, the biggest problem right is that there's a lot of there's a lot of noise around mental health there's a lot of yes, noise around that's what i mean so much noise there's a lot of people who scream and shout and i'm not i just don't i don't mean like day-to-day um human beings like you and me but there's 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 a lot of people um, like companies there's the government everyone's talking about mental health being this yeah like last year every company was um saying how um we support mental health we support diversity yes. and everything else but it it becomes more of a marketing tool. When you start to look actually underneath the surface, uh, surface there's, there's not actually anything going on um, inside mm-hmm. these organizations. Yeah. You know? um, we rely heavily on on charities and organizations who, who claim to be doing a lot for mental health. But then when you actually get a look closer, what are they actually doing? You know? Um, because apart from support lines, this is, this is where predominantly the money goes, right? It's to support yes. people on the end of support lines. But no yeah. one is addressing where the issues stem from, or when people are starting to um, conjure up these these mental illnesses. That's where we need to start, kind of, you know, really targeting. And there's some amazing people out there who are doing incredible things, and they're they're not they're not known. They're not um, they're doing it for uh, to be famous or the limelight or the money. You know, people like yourselves. You know, you put so much time into creating awareness and creating change and and spreading a message. You know, you've written these books, you, you do this podcast, you do so many, you do so much more than I do. (laughs) Heck, I look towards you for inspiration at times, but there's, there's so many people out there and, and you know, there's people that we, we both know. And there's, you know, good friends of mine who are doing amazing things and they're, they're not, they're not known. They're not these big um, public figures, but what they're doing is they're just thinking it's not about the money. It's not about the fame. Where do we create change? How do we how do we start educating kids? You know how do we change yeah. the education system? How do we start? You know making mental health a topic that is um, is worth discussing and is acceptable to to discuss. And and mental health comes from a range of things, right? It's it's you know allowing people to express who they are. You know whatever their sexuality, whatever their their ethnicity, whatever their religion. You know, these yeah. are things that predominantly people hold within, and and that will, that's what then causes or transpires to to mental illness because mm, they feel they yeah. can't be who they want to be because of society. Yeah, and so, totally. And so, my my answer is for more people to to start kind of, you know, creating um, creating ripples. Right. It's it's more people. Mm. It's more people standing up and saying, "Hey, this is." this is where change once needs to come from. It doesn't, it doesn't, the problem is, is we rely on things like government to pump loads of money into it. When we're in companies, we rely on you know, the execs to, to uh, introduce programs. But the problem is, unless we start making noise, unless we start speaking up, we'll never be heard. You know, people aren't mind readers. People mm. will just assume that everything's okay. And we just assume that um, someone else will be making noise for us, and it's great to have ambassadors yeah. and things within governments and people to be recognised for supporting mental health. But how how often do we actually do we see the the results of that? You know, is it reducing um, waiting times for people to to receive you know therapy? Is it um, reducing the amount of drugs that people are being uh, given to help you know regulate hormones? You know, there's, there's so many things that need to be changed, and it, it comes from people standing up and saying hey what can I do in my community how can I support people in my community and this is part of something I'm kind of working on at the moment but it's it's like you've done in uh, Birmingham in terms of creating your own community of people around you and creating a yeah. circle you know that's what we all do we all start to build local communities and that's we start to bring more and more people in and give them a place where they feel not only that they're, they're safe and secure but they feel they're at home it gives them a sense of belonging a sense of you know Things are okay, they have that support around them because it's very easy to isolate ourselves. And I think, you know, if if um this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that uh, we need to use these platforms on social media, we need to to really Agreed. grasp, you know, what it means to be be part of a community and really support one another. And I think that's where change has to come from. It doesn't come from uh, companies, organizations, charities, the government—it comes from us. It comes from everyday Oof. people who, yeah. who need to kind of, you know, go. Okay, you know, no one's going to make make this any better. I need to yeah. do something about it. I need to, you know, set up a chess club and just get people talking. You know, it, yeah. it, whatever it is, because it it doesn't it doesn't matter what your skills are. You don't have to be the next Jack Walton. You don't have to be the next Liam Yates or whoever. You just be the next you. That's that's what we try and inspire. You
1: and I think it's it's really interesting because there could be somebody listening to this that they want to like help the space the mental health space and they don't really know where to start and this like those small ripples it's what you said at the beginning of the podcast it's the little ripples that make the big waves and there we go just just start with start where you are and start with what you've got and if you've just got as you said at the beginning if you've just got an Instagram profile with one hundred followers, that's a perfect place to start. You don't actually have to be a big celebrity to actually make the change. No.
0: There we go. And and that's that's the thing, right? Imagine well I'd like to think imagine if you had a hundred thousand, two hundred, you know, um, all the good that you could do. And um Yeah. yeah. I'd like to think we could, but probably the algorithm would kick us out because it... it, Yeah, probably actually. (laughs) But yeah, it's, look, it's it's an interesting topic, but yeah, I'm a true believer in that change. Change starts with all of us. It doesn't start with, um, it doesn't start with, you know, the the big dogs of the world. It starts with the people here who just, you know, actually are passionate about it, who really, who want to see change. And you, it's, and look, it's a, it's a big step forward as well, right? People kind of want to do something and then they're not quite sure. And that's where I think you, yeah. know, you have to be like us and reach out to people and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm, I'm really wanting to make change in my community. Where do I start? And where you start is just by talking to people, arrange a meetup, you know, yeah. do something, go for a walk and talk. You know, It doesn't have to be... And this is the other thing, right? People feel they need to be overqualified to assist people because psychologists will be like no you can't talk to people about mental health because you're not qualified yeah mm. sometimes it's just conversation that's the people just want to be heard they just want a, pair a of human ears. conversation yeah yeah they just want human interaction and you don't have to be qualified yeah. to be able to give that oh
1: thank you and it is it is the small things it is the really small things that add up like you say yeah. i think that's fantastic so what 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 is next to Liam Yates? What happens now? I mean, like what what do you like what, what's going on in your world?
0: Yeah, good question. I I'm, I'm kind of just getting myself back into, I guess, um, not necessarily a good place, but a place of um focus. Balance? Like yeah, balance would be a good word actually. Mm, I've had I like, like that word too. Yeah, I like that. Mm. I've had um as I said, I had a kind of a stressful couple of weeks, um, four yeah. or five weeks back. Work's kind of getting back to normal. But I, I haven't been training or, you know, eating the best that I can, all those things that I kind of like to, to promote within myself because I feel better. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just trying to kind of um, get myself active again. You know, I've just bought a paddleboard. I'm going to start paddleboarding um, Ooh, in the, on the, on the weekends. Cool. Yeah. While the weather's nice and just kind of get myself mobile again and just get out and enjoy this weather and, in terms of mental health, yeah, I'll probably uh, launch another Explorer program soon. But kind of my main Amazing. focus at the moment is to is building this um, this program that I'm trying to do, which is to create community champions, create community leaders who can have the skills and qualifications. Um, I think I said to you before, about actually, about having these these chapters within communities where people. Um, set them up, and we 'll support them in, in making them happen and delivering content and that that 's where I think the starting point is and that 's kind of how'm try- what i 'm working with a few other kind of people and um, trying to really understand how we can make this um, a model that works so yeah, can, kind of revolutionizing the way that we we, uh, we create leaders of today to support people who need wow. it Wow.
1: I absolutely love that. So, where can where can people find you and keep up to date with the program and sign up? And just again, there'll be a lot of people that might want to just drop you a message and pick your brains on something.
0: Yeah, if anyone wants to reach out, by all means do. You know, I'm always happy to to have a chat, as as you know. Um, but yeah, feel free just to to reach me out on um, social media is probably the easiest place because it it's just yes it, where everything is these days, right? Um, I don't have a mm-hmm. website anymore um just i just keep everything in just as basic as cool. possible but yeah just liam liam o yates um on social media and all platforms you'll be able to find me
1: i will leave all the links in the description as well guys so they will be there liam it's been a pleasure Always. thank you so much no, i feel like we could be
0: here.
1: i feel like we could just speak even more about even more so maybe you need to come back on at some point because there's a lot more that we need to speak about as always it never ends does
0: it <laughs> no that's it i just get to the time like i just suddenly realized i was like i feel like i've hardly spoken and yet it's nearly been an hour so yeah it just I know.
1: Shows it. it's been fantastic liam thank you so much take care
0: yeah you're welcome
1: hey everyone thank you so much for listening to a brand new episode of a slice of life of me jack Wilson. Please rate, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your episodes from. And don't forget to follow me on social media. I am Jack Walton to keep updated with brand new episodes. With thanks to this month's guest, Liam Yates, to our podcast producer, Callan Danes, and you, the viewer, for listening. See you next month.